glottal stops and nasals. Oh. Oh, two of my favourite things <laughs> to do with a language. Really? Yeah. Oh the word God. for language has both. Isn't it weird? Because... Oh, that's so good. That is really good. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Williams. It is indeed the Creative Language Learning Podcast. We're back after a, a long, relaxing, eventful break with episode 53. Hello, Lindsay. Da- Lindsay Williams did it. <laughs> Hello, Lindsay Williams. Y- yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to explain to our listeners what I just did there? Well, I got married, so that happened. So, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Name change, which is the most horrendous thing to do in the world, by the way. Oh, my goodness. So many things that you have to change. It's ridiculous. They don't tell you that before you get married. Yeah. You know, I um, in Germany, you you are kind of registered with the Gemeinderegister or the Gemeinde, whatever it is called. Yeah. I never really wanted to, like, I didn't really apply for a new passport until about one and a half years after I got married. Went to Germany. I was like, okay, I would like to, I would like to change my name on my passport. So perhaps I can apply for, you know, things in Britain and citizenship and stuff. Should I need it? Brexit. So I go there and then the woman says to me, ah, yeah, no, that's not possible. And I said, why? Oh, you're still single in our system. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to be dating for how long before before you can call me? Well, I had to come back with my husband. So he had to come to Germany and then we had to present our marriage certificate and all of our documents at the registry. And then basically we had to get married again. (laughs) Third time. Yeah, this is after we had a church wedding. Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) So yeah, I'm officially married That is weird because you got married in Germany as well. That's so strange. Yeah, the church doesn't care what the state does apparently. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. How did your wedding go down? Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was really fun. It seems like a long time ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was it was a lot of fun. Any honeymoons? Any honeymoons? Kind of. We had a mini moon, if you if you'd like to call it that, in uh, Amsterdam. Oh. Like the day after, Ashley was lucky enough to get uh, one day I think off of off of work. So we had the kind of Sunday. No, it must have been two days. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I think. And so we went to Amsterdam for a few days. It was a lot of fun. And then it wasn't until I came back that I discovered there's a fault in our stars bench in Amsterdam that you can. I was like, oh, that would have been a fun little random thing to see. Mm-hmm, but yeah. Alas, true. we did not. But we saw the other Amsterdam stuff. We saw all of the drugs and the, the red light district <laughs> and all of that. We were going to get bikes. We were really looking forward to getting bikes, but we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But we're going on a bit of a, a bigger honeymoon, if you like. Um, called, we're calling it the Uber moon in comparison to the mini moon. And we're leaving in August. We're going to be going away for one year, traveling around uh, the Americas, essentially, which is which is going to be really, really fun. Excellent. And I believe that's well, we're, we're kind of coming to our actual topic of the show. If you're a new listener, we are the Creative Language Learning Podcast. So we do talk a little bit about language learning, too. Uh, <laughs> but I'm really interested in this travel. It's funny as well, like your mini moon is European and stuff and do you know where we yeah. had ours because we also we had like two days after the first wedding um and we went to Clandidno oh in Wales in Wales which I can now pronounce quite well because because I'm still learning Welsh would an English speaker pronounce it as Landudno yeah is or, that the same like, place okay yeah I know what you mean. well Christian says Clandidno 
sometimes. Ooh. But it's Llandidno. It's nice there. If you are a Welsh speaker, please complain. It is quite nice, yeah. It's a nice little city in the north on the north coast of Wales. There's an Alice in Wonderland thing. I remember going when I was younger. That's true. That's true. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Is that still there? Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's the hometown of Lewis Carroll. Perhaps. Perhaps. I don't remember. Perhaps. <laughs> so tell me about your Uber Moon and tell me about the because this is this is quite oh my god, it's there's so much to take in, right? We've got basically a whole show of travel to talk about. So maybe we'll park this Ubermoon moon because I know it starts at Langfest. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, so we'll park Langfest because we are talking today about two of the polyglot events that we are both attending this year. So that's a, some, a really good timing for you guys to get excited. And we're also going to talk about just a little catch up of what we've been up to. So what have you been up to in terms of language learning, Lindsay? In terms of language, I so... I think last time we spoke, I believe you yeah. were learning Indonesian. Yeah, and I was for a while. It was quite interesting because normally, pretty much since I was 13, I've always been learning multiple languages. Whereas with Indonesian, I... Because initially the, the trip, the Ubermoon that we'll talk about later, part of that was going to be in Asia. And Indonesia was a place we wanted to spend quite a bit of time. So I knew that I wanted to spend a bit of time learning Indonesian. And it's probably, I would say dare I say it, probably my strongest Asian language at the moment. That doesn't by any means mean that I'm like crazy, crazy fluent, B2, C1, anything like that. But it's the language that I feel most comfortable mm-hmm. to use yeah. in, terms of, in terms of Asian languages that I've studied, I'd say. I studied it for probably about six months. There was a little bit of gap around about October time. So when we were probably last speaking for wedding. I get the impression that six months is quite, you know, for you in a language that isn't one of your core, let's say your degree languages, French or Spanish, that six months is for you quite long. It was. Mm-hmm. And it was a really long time to be focusing primarily on one language as well. Uh-huh. So that was kind of interesting. But it, it really was, I think, necessary at that time because of everything that was going on with wedding and beginning to kind of plan uh, this this trip, this Uber in, in a lot more detail. So it was it was necessary to do that. But then in it was coming to a sort of natural end, a natural, you know, not end, but break, if you like. And then in what are we now? May. Mm-hmm. So at the start of May, the start of this month, I started to learn Slovak for going to Bratislava for the polyglot gathering. Oh. And I also started to learn Guarani, which <gasps> is the language, language of Paraguay. Yeah, language spoken in Paraguay and also parts of uh, Argentina and Brazil, I believe. And what's, what's really fascinating about that language, and I remember when I did my final year of Spanish, my final dissertation was about places around the world that speak Spanish. So I picked to write about the USA mm-hmm. and I wrote about Catalonia in Spain. And I also wrote about Paraguay mm-hmm. because what's really fascinating is it's one of the rare kind of places in the world where an indigenous language, Guarani in this case, has survived mm-hmm. alongside, survived very strongly alongside a colonial language that's, that's come in. And, you know, so often is the case that that then becomes the language of that country. And we see these uh, kind of indigenous languages in, around the world that then begin to just fizzle out and fade away, which is a real shame, I think. And what's fascinating about Guarani is that that hasn't happened you know I'm still kind of learning about all of these things but I spoke to my tutor about this and said you know what's the difference and 
he said, I think there's 40% of Paraguay that's monolingual in Guarani. So most people, wow. 95%. Yeah, most people, most people are bilingual, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and they'll be able to use both quite competently. But 40% are monolingual in Guarani, which is that really is interesting. Unusual. Yeah, it's, so it's such an unusual case that there was this thing called the Step Up Language Program that's in sort of a uh, trial run at the moment. And I think you maybe know Maureen Millward. Yes, yes. Yeah. She sort of was, was talking to me about it. I'm thinking, oh, but what language could I study now? At this point, I knew that we weren't going to be going to Asia as much. We'd be spending time in Latin America. And I'm thinking, hmm, there's plenty of choice. In terms of, you know, Spanish is fine, Portuguese is fine, English, French, whatever. There's plenty of choice then between indigenous languages to what to choose. But Guarani, you know, having studied it in my degree a little bit in terms of the situation surrounding it, I was like, maybe that's the one. And yeah, oh, I'm so in love. Glottal stops and nasals. Two of my favorite things (laughs) to do with a language. Really? Yeah. The word for language has both. Isn't it weird? Because... Oh, that's so good. That is really good. Isn't it weird? Because like my, I think my two favorite pronunciation things in a way are r and the, and Welsh, Welsh is full of them, right? Because <laughs> I, I feel like I go the opposite it's so, it, as, as so many ways. I kind of have been going differently to you in the sense that I'm still learning Welsh, mm. but I am feeling like it's weird because I, when we kind of took our break, I felt like I was still at messing around stage, sort of kind of mm. approaching A1. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting somewhere. But in the recent like six months, I would say, it's picked up. It's really picked up. Yay. Yeah. And, and I'm feeling I have added another language. So instead of focusing just on one language, because for me, that doesn't feel like maybe because I don't, you know, I, I squeeze it in more and stuff like that. But I feel like my use of the resources has really worked. I've organized myself a lot more, but obviously as I was working on uh, the language habit toolkit, that was based on me yeah. really sitting down going, right, I'm going to organize myself about this. I need to sit down because I, I tell the story in the, um, in the toolkit. I didn't start out as a good self teacher at all. I was like, mm. I, you know, I was so used to uni tells me what to do. I follow these steps. This all works. This, and it's always worked. I've always loved languages, but when I even when I was doing Russian, which is in the podcast's lifetime, I don't think I quite had this a system down. Whereas now I feel like my system is is solid and is so, you know, it, it, when you're working on it to share with other people, like I did with the toolkit, you solidify it for yourself as well. And it kind of felt like okay, well, I can, I'm feeling like I can open up and take on another language. Like I'm feeling like that's not going to mess around with Welsh too much. It feels more solid. I really, I've been, I've been having language exchanges where I'm really having a a conversation, I would say, with Gareth Popkins, Mm, our friend from How to Get Fluent, who is so good at Welsh. And I remember when we went to see him, when we saw him at the language show two years ago, and he said, And I was like, what? And now I just, I can understand him and I can reply to him. And it's really, there's this sense of like, this is getting somewhere, progressing. So I've been looking into how, you know, that, that feeling of being in the intermediate plateau. And that's been a really interesting thing to study as well on my own example and with others. But I've started taking on French and I have finally, finally, confidently cracked open the Luxembourgish book. 
Ah, okay. I was just going to ask, what was the other language? So oh it's Luxembourgish. So many, so many. I just I want to bring oh. I want to bring my Italian and Spanish back because mm. they are sort of dormant but existing. Um, mm. I am like a volcano. Yeah, yeah. I dabbled in Indonesian, but I didn't really find the like the mental uh, space for it because I was still focusing yeah. on Welsh so much. There is, I mean, there are other languages. What was well, Danish is always kind of winking and flirting at me. Danish. Danish. Down. <laughs> I know, Danish. Behave, you. Behave. With, with your oh, or whatever those noises are. I, <sighs> I quite like to master the sounds of Danish one day. I feel very Eurocentric in my language choices. I think there is diversity in there, especially since I started doing a Celtic and a minority language. Mm. You know, and, and getting proficient in a minority Celtic language is really cool. I'm like, yeah. But I haven't really studied anything extra european so i don't know mm. uh, arabic perhaps would be interesting yeah and lots of kind of sounds so Ooh. if you like the sort of loch sound in in that that you, that you get in welsh i imagine yeah. yeah maybe there's some similar sounds to be had well it's either that or scouts right <laughs> oh what sorry scouts <laughs> the liverpool accent they have a lot of look which i think i think it's fascinating but you're moving down south now yeah but, you know, I'm thinking, I have a theory that the Scouse accent is because inf- it's influenced by the Irish immigration, right? Okay. And the ch sounds in the Scouse often coincide with, you know, I mean, obviously it's K's, right? So we get it in other languages as well. But like, look, look in Welsh, it's like Edrich. So, ah. right, maybe in Irish oh. there's a... Geographically, it makes sense, right? I know. I wonder if there's some, like, the accent is influenced by Celtic, you know, linguistic prescriptions or something like that that would not surprise me oh no i know yeah but i am moving down south that is true so that's that's the other piece of news we've recently found out that i'm uh we're moving to kent kent i don't know what's in kent really but it'll be i think it'll be really really fun little journey and i have actually on the phone to estate agents i've already been on wikipedia kind of looked at the kent accent so i've oh really yeah and told myself how to say like type instead of take or tech how to do here you have to say tyke oh yeah it's estuary it's kind of like a londony oh estuary english mm-hmm. estuary yeah. english which to me is might as well be english from india <laughs> so so it's it's you no know, like i have another language to learn but yeah no I, I figured i've got the luxembourgish book here um it feels like connecting to my own heritage in an amazing way my grandmother passed away two years ago and every word in Luxembourgish is a word that I feel she used in Mosul Franconia. Mm. So it's kind of, it feels quite emotional learning this language. That's interesting. Mm. It's in a way that I've never experienced in that way. Yeah. I love how every language we learn kind of opens up a new sort of thing inside us. Yes. And, and kind of, there's difference there as well. It feels different and you kind of latch onto different things and different ideas and yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of techniques, there's two things I wanted to kind of share with the audience and with, with Lindsay. Um, and you already know these really. It's like number one, I've been working way more on tracking and really documenting and, and thinking about what do we need and what, you know, what is a good system for self-learning. So that resulted in the habit toolkit, which I'll put in the show notes. The other thing I did was I took your 
social media challenge over Christmas. So from December to January, you might remember. Mm. And sort of every week, every day you you had a suggested activity. And I have never used social media that much for, for languages. And it really made a difference. So that was a, an exciting experiment. Cool. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm, definitely, especially Twitter lists. I've still got like a Kamraik Twitter list. Mm. Um, loved that. Loved that. That was so, so useful to just, you know, like it's a tiny tweak and it makes a big difference. And then Pinterest I was already using, but yeah. to, to kind of have prompts that send me to Pinterest again, you know, and really look for Welsh content, which isn't isn't so widely spread because they sort of have the cutesy, mm. there's a Welsh word, kutch, that everybody knows. Um, it means a hug. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, like a cuddle. And they, yeah. they, they say that in, like, English speakers in Wales will say, ah, let's have a kutch. Oh. Free, you know, like this free sort of postcard Welsh words. You find those a lot on Pinterest. Yeah. But as I dug into it a bit deeper, I did find poems and poetry and Welsh poetry. Oh, wow. oh beautiful. My God. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of my two, my two things that I've really, technique-wise, maybe shaken up or changed. Did you change anything in how you're learning? Oh, good question. You're a creature um, of habit, we know. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, sort of one of the things, you know, when you have, when you get married, when Christmas and New Year happens, that sort of habit is, is thrown out of joint. So it's sort of resetting each time that you settle back into a routine. I'll tell you what, these past couple of days, I've been very into changing subtitles and sort of audio languages when I'm watching things like Netflix. Oh, oh. Well, not the past couple of days, past few weeks. I watched pretty much the whole of 13 Reasons Why, either in French or in Spanish with the opposite subtitles. Mm. Just because I was like, what is this show that everyone's talking about? But 13 hours of my life, eh, I can make better use of it. So I, I kind of changed, flipped around with the subtitles and audio. It felt like a right treat to, to <laughs> oh, which language today? Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, that was that was quite cool. It's it's like having the DVD for everything ever, isn't it? Is mm. Netflix. But yeah, um, it's it's a shame there's not a bigger range. Yeah. Um it tends to be I, I mean I, I noticed that it tends to be Spanish France, French, right? Well, no. It, when when I was in France it was a little bit different. You had a, mm. a sort of different choice. German was on there quite a lot. Yeah. But since I've come back, um I've noticed it tends to be in terms of audio, normally it's English if you're lucky, you'll get French and Spanish. But the subtitles tend to be Arabic, French, Polish, Chinese and English. Lots of Polish. I've noticed that as well. Mm. And I think it re- you're right. It really is about the national Netflixes because yeah. I know German, you know, when I go home to Germany, I'm, it, it makes me put on German Netflix. Yeah. And German Netflix, again, is very different. I've been loving watching, you know, I still watch S4C as Pedwareg, the, the mm. Welsh channel. And I have recently been able, I've always watched it with English subtitles and I set myself a challenge in... In April, one of my path goals, my small challenges was to watch five minutes without subtitles. Mm. I'm actually getting there. So I was like, the five minutes turned into 10, etc. So I've been watching. Yeah. Last year, I was telling you about Fashion Builder, right? Yeah. It came back this year as Fashion Mechanics. It was with car mechanics this year. Oh, so good. So good. I love this show. (laughs) It's, It's, I mean, it's natural language input, right? Absolutely. And yeah. a dumb reality show, all in one. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've been watching that. But at this time, I've, I didn't need the subtitles. It's, it's a shame with Welsh. And I mean, that made me think about access. Like, imagine you have 
you know, and language rights. If you're in the UK, you have equal, you should have equal language rights if you live in Wales to use the Welsh language for your life. Sorry, you're, think, you're thinking about what? Thinking about? Language rights. Rights, okay. So you have, you, if I you, you said axes. I was trying to make sense of it as you went along. It didn't, it didn't make sense. Access. Okay, so access. Oh, access. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. To the Welsh language should be open to everybody in Wales, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the constitution or the whatever it is. The, the, you know, as many language acts. But if you are hard of hearing, like perhaps uh-huh. many old people are, you can even on S4C, the, the national broadcaster you can only get a very limited selection of programs with subtitles in your own language. Mm. They're all in English. They're all subtitles. Like, English subtitles right. are everywhere, but Welsh subtitles are, like, hard to come by. And then I went off on one side of wondering if there's a Welsh sign language, etc. And I don't think them, I, as far as I can tell from the media coverage, again, they, they just use English sign language then. So right. if you are in a live-through minority language... I wonder if it's like that with Guarani as well. Mm. You have a disability of access to, you know, media, say. Uh, you're kind of really disadvantaged. It was it a was fascinating sort of thought. I think, let me see if I can look this up quickly. I remember read, seeing Guarani Sign Language. I'm just going to type this in. You ready for some keyboard input? <laughs> that, was, that was me genuinely typing. That was like wild, enthusiastic typing there. I love it. I was trying to be louder so, so you'd all... Here, the activeness. Yeah. Um, Google with Lindsay. Like, which programs can, could you get in Guarani subtitles? Because I feel like the evolution of watching TV in a foreign language, you can make it into, I'm watching this with English subtitles. Eventually, I will switch into the target language subtitles. And then that's a yeah. nice step between that and switching the subtitles off. Yeah, there's like a, a progress levels you can take with subtitles. Mm-hmm. It's a really yeah. useful... They, they've got names as well. In I forget which way around. Interlingual and inter. Intra and inter. Intra and inter. I, yeah. Yeah, I forget which way is which, but yeah. Inter intra will be will be in the in the actual language, right? That's like inter. And... Okay, and then inter is in your native language with the audio in mm-hmm. target language. If that makes sense. I'm nodding like like we're sure about this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so any insights on Guarani? Oh, sorry. Any insights? <laughs> Sorry, I thought you disappeared. Any, ah, oh, wow. Um, like I said, lots of glottal stops, lots of nasals, which yeah. is really fun. The word for language is nye, which is my favourite thing ever. I love that. When you like the word for language, I feel like that's a good start. Yeah. And <laughs> a really interesting thing is that in terms of verb conjugations, the verb, the kind of conjugation that we normally think of as being at the end. You know, for example, in Spanish, comer, and then como, comes, come, comemos, etc. Mm-hmm. That, that, oh, the es, the e, the emos. That little ending, I should stop calling it an ending, goes at the beginning. Oh, so, for example, okay. yeah. if I say, and, then, and also there's a lot of Spanish influence in what's called yo para, um, or yo para, mm-hmm. which is what's the common kind of spoken form of Guarani, because oh, it's yeah. mixed with a lot of Spanish. So, the, for example, the verb to swim would be nada. And then if I say I swim, it would be she anada, she anada. And then you swim would be nde re nada. The conjugation goes in front of the verb. It's as, as one word, but it goes in front. And what's interesting as well is that with the word we, and I've come across this a couple of times, not with a language that I've ever studied in any kind of depth, 
But the word for we, you've got two. You've got one that's inclusive and one that's exclusive. Can you guess what that means? Yes. One is, no, hang on, let me think. You've got an inclusive we and an exclusive we. Yeah. So one is like we, everybody in the room. Yeah. And, and then is one like we, a concept. Like, like, a, like, a, like we, the people. Uh, like I'm kind exactly. of one of the people, but they're not all in the room. Yes. Okay. So, so when with the inclusive, you're including the person that you're talking to or the people ah, that you're talking to. Yeah. With the exclusive, you're saying you, it's almost like reported speech. Like, oh, we went to the beach. You know, oh. if someone says to you, "What did you and your family do on the weekend?" We went to the beach. But the person that's asking me that question that I'm talking to right now didn't come to the beach with us. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I get it. Okay. So it's quite we, clever, we, isn't it? all of us, or yeah. we, including we, but including. not you. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh my exactly. god. Yeah. And I love it. When you when you learn something like that yeah. in a different language, you almost feel like, well, this seems so necessary. Why do <laughs> why does why don't we have this in English or, or German or French or, or whatever? So that's uh, quite an interesting little fact nugget. I really want to highlight as well, like the attitude that you're taking to that. Because what I find, you know, obviously you know that German has three types of you, right? Like we have a you mate, or I call them the you mate, you guys, and you sir or madam. Yeah. You know, it's the same as many, many European languages. Yeah. But I find with many, many students, it just freaks them out because they're so terrified of getting it wrong. Whereas yes. what you're doing there is, is I think, the, the cool attitude to it or the, the attitude that I would like more people to have, which is, oh, my God, that is awesome. That tells me so much about you guys. And wow, you know, like, I'm just going to try this out. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Definitely. I mean, I've definitely been there, though, you know, when I was in school and stuff and you get told, right, we have to now conjugate these verbs. And you're like, well, why? <laughs> why do we have to do that? I'm an English speaker. I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't get it. You know, I've definitely been there as well. Yeah. I think it's something that, that comes. It's really fun. And I'm loving sort of learning everything about it. One thing I've discovered, one really cool tip, if and maybe this would apply to you as well for Welsh, mm -hmm. is when I've been looking around and thinking, you know, what? natural materials can I be using to practice reading or listening or those those sort of skills wikipedia mm. wow there's like 3,000 pages in guarani I've been going through I leave it on my phone so if yeah. I'm like in a queue or something and you know you in public and you can't be doing memorize or duolingo you don't want it dinging out, out at you without having to faff around with settings and turn it on mute you can just open your safari browser yeah and you've got Wikipedia open. And I've been reading the language pages. I think I shared with you this morning. I read what I thought was going to be about Wales. I got really excited about Welsh. I got really excited and I sent it to, to you on, on Instagram stories like, guess what language? No, it wasn't. Gallego. It was not Welsh. My, my, uh... <laughs> Gallego isn't Welsh. It is in Spanish, right? In Spanish, you say gay. Gaius. Ah, yeah. But I'm sure you can say Gallego. I, I always thought you could, but maybe not. But it means Galician. So yeah, I started, I read the first sentence. I was like, oh no, hang about. This isn't right. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't Welsh. Spoken in the north of Spain. <laughs> well, maybe. I was excited because I thought maybe they've got an article about this, this um, fascinating Patagonian. Yeah. You know, enclave of, of Welsh speakers who, yeah, there's Welsh spoken in, in Argentina. And one day I'm going to go and I will charade ever nu. That's it with them. <laughs> I think that's such a cool thing because like, I've read things before about uh, schools and things that don't just, you know, okay, now it's English lesson. They teach science through English or maths via oh, yeah, English, yeah. that kind of thing. I think it's really cool if you can use something like Wikipedia where you're 
learning about other things that you're interested in, even if those other things are languages, you're reading it in that language. You've got more of invested interest in that rather than just thinking, right, time to open the course book again. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, that's just very mix true. it up a little bit. Yeah, it's just I'm not really interested in Wikipedia. Hmm. Well, I like the idea, though. I think that's... I often look at BBC News. Like, BBC News Cymru does what Readlang does, where you can click on a word. It's got, like, a vocab mode you can switch on. Oh, that's clever. You click on a word, and it tells you what the word means. So you can start reading Welsh at that level quite early. But I find that I take my reading kind of seriously. So if it's too hard for me, I can't... It slows me down, and I find it demotivating. So I don't Mm. know. Like, something I found, though, on the iPad was a welsh comic like a welsh comic app and it's something for it's not for it's for clearly not for welsh learners because it's full it's for teenagers it's full of abbreviations and stuff and they're so fascinating so in welsh for maybe you say efallai which is e-f-a-l-l-a-i but the guy keeps saying or like i keep seeing it written as f-a-l-l-e you know instead of efallai so it's just slightly shorter but I keep seeing it in there and I would normally never. So so often I'm like sitting there like mumbling out the cartoon trying to work out what they're even saying. Yeah. But it's nice because there isn't that much language and it's all like, I, I can sort of figure out that they're just running away from zombies and it's not that, <laughs> it's not that hard. If I don't get the gist, I feel, I, I personally get really frustrated. Yeah, well, Welsh Valley's at a dangerous place. All the zombies. <laughs> all the zombies. Seriously, there's like a, the the plot of the cartoon is that they've developed like this massive anti-zombie rocket in Cardiff and I keep reading it and going like as if the Welsh government would ever get that much funding (laughs) okay so I wanted to ask you before we go into future plans we're sort of catching up and there's three things that I thought would be quite interesting like number one we're both language writers when we're not language podcasting and sometimes you know sometimes you just write a blog article that where you're like this is awesome this is just I'm so proud and I'm so happy that I wrote this and I did one in maybe February time that I really wanted to share and just make people aware of and I wanted to ask you if you've got one that you sort of want to share that you're you know we write a lot in our in our blogs but you know one where you feel that's special to me so Mm. shall shall I start go for it okay so the article that I'm talking about is called what gets easier when you learn more languages Mm. You know, I mean, we've had a show about the, the word polyglot, but I guess, you know, I, if I identify as a polyglot and somebody who has been learning many languages for a long time, then th- this, this is about when you're not learning your first language and not looking around you and you're sort of looking at people who speak eight languages or people like Lindsay, who like take one on and like, you know, does it for half a year and you really develop some proficiency in those as well. Um, so it's more than just playing. And you think, oh, I don't know, I could never do it. What could I, you know, like, I wonder if they have it easy because they already know so many. So I looked at what actually gets easier when you learn more languages and what doesn't, what kind of always stays the same. And it was a really interesting sort of thought experiment and question to to ask myself, you know, um, and the question really came from, it was something a student asked me because I've been doing talks at universities, really, really fun. I did a talk at Lancaster Uni. And this student asked, you know, she put her hand up and she went, does it ever get any easier? And I thought, hmm, does it? I don't know. You know, so that was a really interesting article and a really interesting thought 
not experiment, but you know, like a, a train of thought for me to for me to go down and to kind of think through what does get easier when you study more languages, if anything at all. And I have three or four points that um, you can read in the article. So I'll put it in the show notes. It's, you know, a lot about confidence, about technique, and about some things never get any easier. Mm, I must have missed that. That sounds really cool. I'm going to read that. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad. You know, it's, it's one of yeah. those, where sometimes when you blog a lot, right, you, you feel like when you've written something really special, you want more people to read it as well. So I would love that if you, if you read it. That would be great. Yeah, I'll take a look. Mm. So tell me what you got. Um, I'm going to change my mind from what I wrote down for this. <laughs> Okay. There's there's a couple, but one that really comes to mind. I wrote a blog post, I think at the end of last year or the very beginning of this year, 2017, called The Ultimate Guide to Language Learning Podcasts. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, I'm, I'm pretty chuffed. It's huge. And I discovered some incredibly surprising podcasts and feeds and all sorts of things. And I think podcasts as well are a really great tool for language learning because you know you can slow them down speed them up you can download them so you can listen to them again and on the go without internet and you can use that audio to kind of shadow what you hear and to practice your your speaking your pronunciation and your sort of intonation as you as you copy what people say Mm -hmm. you can use it as a you can kind of you know take things and, and write things down write down what you hear and so there's so many different ways you could play with it and of course you've got things that are directed at language learners you know, for example, the Language Pod 101, the Class 101 series from mm-hmm. Innovative Language, they really come to mind here with a good range of, I think it's like the 31, 32 different languages now. But then you've also got things that are intended for native speakers that can be, you know, whatever level, just as beneficial to give you yeah. that sort of cultural aspect and then to begin to understand that. Yeah, I love um, those. I love those. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the one that I would I'd say, yeah, go and have a read and, and see what you discover. I was hoping you would because I just, I really enjoyed that article. I remember reading oh, it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you must have spent months It on took this. me a long time. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. It's so a really great directory. Deep. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, congratulations yeah. on it. It's really good. That brings me really nicely to my next po- uh, to my next topic because obviously we're podcasters and um, so you could say you heard about the podcasts on the podcast. And I wanted to just kind of share and perhaps talk about a few podcasts that we've been perhaps that we've been listening to and there are two welsh podcasts that don't really need a lot of extra mention so if you're a welsh learner you're not doing say something in welsh then you're doing something wrong so get yourself say something in welsh it's the best thing ever i love it so much and the other show that i've started listening to is called pigion pigion and she always says she has a really lovely voice the lady presenting it it's a bbc wales radio program really and it's directed to those who are learning or have learned welsh so i often just it's like a 20 minute podcast interviews with people when the lady speaks she's really nice and slow and i understand her but in the interviews i often zone out because i don't quite know what's going on but you usually get the gist now. So to train listening skills, Pigion has been really good. And a podcast I really want to give a shout out to that I love, love, love. I think you you brought me onto it. It's called Talk the Talk. No, you stole my podcast. That's the one I was going to say. Brilliant. Oh. I love it so much. I love these. I love, it's like, I think there's a few, like some professional and amateur linguists, they describe themselves. Um, an yeah. Australian radio show. First of all, I'm so jealous that they're on the radio talking about linguistics. Amazing. But 
you know, if I could think what I want the Creative Language Learning Podcast to be like, I want it to be a little bit like talk to talk. So cool. I love it. I love I love the whole approach mm-hmm. to, that they bring to everything. They talk, they cover really amazing, interesting topics and really current as well. You know, I think they have a, a word of the week every time. So there's there's a lot of uh, Donald Trump related vocabulary on there on there lately, which is. They don't shy away from politics the way that we maybe would have been doing. You know, like we're, we're quite a polite show in that sense. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. So down to earth, um, a wonderful show. So talk the talk. Highly, highly recommended. Really enjoy it. And also Australian, which is which is interesting because my other thing, my second one that I was going to mention, my kind of backup in case you said talk the talk, <laughs> um, was the SBS news feeds. What is that? Wow. So I think SBS is an Australian broadcaster and they have podcast news feeds in crazy number of languages, maybe like 30 to 40 different languages. Wow. No, so even if you're learning something like, oh, Amaric, I saw in there the other day on their little list. Everything, everything, absolutely everything. And I, so I have those on my feed Ooh. for all the languages that I've ever studied. And I try and listen to them as they come through so that I'm just getting a bit of exposure to these as you described earlier, dormant languages that I've got going on. Is it Amharic or Amharic? Oh, I don't know. I may have pronounced that wrong. In my head, it's always been Amharic. Oh, possibly, possibly. Amharic. Um, but yeah, also from Australia. So they, have, so they have a slight Australian perspective on things, which is quite interesting being not from Australia. You actually kind of, you know, and that means also they have little bits every now and then that are in English where they'll be talking about a, a story that's going on. Then they'll play the clip, which mm-hmm. will be in English. So it just kind of gives you a chance to go, oh, catch up. Okay. Nice. You know, if you feel like you're off track, you've got a little English, little nugget there to, sorry, nugget's my favourite word apparently today. Fantastic. I think that's, I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, I, I do. I love those SBS. But also from Australia, like Talk the Talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Australia, the land of the language podcast. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're ahead of us in podcasting. So <laughs> congratulations to Australia. Right. I was going to mention books as well, but we've got so much. We've got a long show coming up. So perhaps we'll skip the books and recommend some books for another another day. I will put, if Lindsay sends me a recommendation, I'll put them in the show notes and then you can just use a little Easter egg in the show notes discovery. Um, and I, I just want to move it straight on because the show will be... You and I, you just just talk forever now sometimes, don't we? Okay, I want to move us on to the Polyglot Gathering and all this travel that we're going to do this year. So the Polyglot Gathering is, if you are a long-term listener of the podcast, you'll probably be aware of this. It's one of the larger polyglot conferences. So conferences, not necessarily for people who speak five languages, but really just for people who are interested in languages and cultures who just love language learning. Basically, if you're listening to the show and you're, you're interested, you're going to love the Polyglot Gathering. It's taking place last year and the year before it was taking place in Berlin. And the year before as well, I think. I think three years in Berlin. Three, ooh, three years in Berlin. I think so. I could be wrong. It started out in Novi Sad in... Mm, no, no. Um, the, fir- the first, that was the very, conference. very first thing. Yeah, the very, very first thing was in Budapest. Mm-hmm. I think maybe around 2013 uh-huh. and then I think they kind of branched into two separate events and then I think uh Udip May organized the polyglot gathering in Berlin so yeah three years I'm sure because I missed the first one in Berlin I've been there twice now and then Novi Sad yeah 2014 that was the first one that I went to in Serbia Novi Sad so polyglot gathering 
I mean, these, these have kind of like an interesting history. So we'll just look at like what, what's here now, I guess. So the thing that, that it did two most confusing things to me were always there is a polyglot gathering and a polyglot conference. The conference is taking place later this year in Reykjavik. So that's late October. Have a Facebook search or a Google around for polyglot conference if you can't make it to the gathering. But the gathering this year is in beautiful, lovely Bratislava lovely the capital of Slovakia so that's um but and it you it sounds if you're not familiar with European geography perhaps it sounds really eastern so you, those images in your head kind of you can chuck them out because it's actually really near Vienna as well and I find Bratislava a really beautiful kind of romantic charming city I'm really looking forward to seeing Bratislava I am excited because I've been to Slovakia once to the east to mm-hmm. I think it's pronounced Kosic Kosic yeah, I think um, I call it Kosice in my very English accent. Um, and and Poprad in kind of near the Tatras. There's loads of really cool caves and stuff there. So, uh, yeah, um, but I've never been to Bratislava. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to, to going there. Oh, it's lovely. I think it'll be I think it'll be really fun. So last year we kind of had a little show where we looked forward to the different talks. And I thought we could have a quick look and give us a rundown of like specific talks that you're looking forward to and I'm looking forward to. Just full disclosure, both Lindsay and I are speaking this year. Quite excited that you've joined the ranks as well. Lindsay's topic is the joy of mistakes and the beauty of imperfection. So if you are coming, don't miss Lindsay Thursday in the Amikuma room at 11, no, 10 in the morning. 10 in the a.m. Yeah, you'll be all fresh and like, you know, you won't be, you won't have conference exhaustion yet. You're going to be like right in there. And then the next day, my talk is at 12, sort of lunchtime, bring a snack. And I'll be talking about speaking skills. It's a talk called, Yes, You Can Be the Person Who Talks to Anyone. So those two absolutely, you know, goes without saying they're awesome. <laughs> but there is so much else going on. The, the total of talks that from, from what I gather, what do you reckon? This is four There's parallel so talks for four days in a row, 10 a day. I think we're looking at hundred and. 50 talks here, no, three days in a row. Uh, it's an incredible amount, but I do want to mention mention a few that I'm really excited about. Okay. Okay. You go first. Okay. How many? How many are we going for each? I think three, maybe four. Okay, right. Okay. And this is hard picking this out. So this is Ooh. not. These are not all the talks that we love. It's it's a selection. Some of the speakers, I just really love the speakers. So it kind of really depends. Okay, so number one, cannot wait. Really excited about this. I have not ever attended a talk by Benny Lewis before. So this time I'm actually going to the Benny Lewis talk and it's called Daredevil Language Learning, How to Turn Your Weaknesses into Strengths. And I kind of like that, the sort of idea of challenging yourself uh, and sort of pushing and love it. So I'm excited about that one. That is on third, no, on Friday, uh, the last talk of the day. And so you can sleep in and then just come and you know join us at that talk. There are a few language introductions that I'm really excited about, but I'll leave those to one side because it's just too much. Then the previously mentioned Gareth, Gareth Popkins is doing a talk called, and it's so close to my heart because I love adult language learners so much, Fluent in Three Decades, The Joys of Lifelong Language Learning for Beginners and Old Hands. And mm. I think Gareth is so experienced, smart, and always has something interesting to say. I'm looking forward to his talk. That's Saturday, 11 to 12. And then the last one was um, 
the Brexit talk, where, where is that moved to? Because they've moved a little bit. Day one, I think. Thursday, that's right. Thursday, 12 to 1. Uh, Brexit and languages in Europe. And being a migrant slash expat here in the UK has felt quite interesting over the last sort of six, seven months. Um, and languages, the way they express our identity and the way Britain perceives foreign languages um, and talks about foreign languages, I think, has changed a little bit. So that's by Sean O'Rain. Orion, don't know. Welsh hasn't taught me any Irish, sorry. So sorry, Sean, but I'm really looking forward to that talk. It sounds really interesting. And then in terms of the language introductions, I think I'm most excited about singing in Swedish and introduction to Klingon. Yes, I'm excited for that. What about you? Oh, and Irish, there's an introduction to Irish. Oh, I did the Irish one before. Oh, well, as a Welsh learner, I'm like, I want to go and see if they've got the same kind of behaviours, you see. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I've been looking, uh, picking three. This is tough. <laughs> I would say after my talk on the first day, there's one called Yugoslavian languages. Do small differences matter or not? That's fascinating because I love that part of the world so much. So probably be heading to that one. And oh, this is so tough. <laughs> it's not easy. How, then... how do you expect me to pick just three? I'm going to put the program in the show notes. So if you... You can pick your own as well. What do you I love the title. Yeah. Dave Prine is hilarious, <laughs> hilariously funny. And I love the title so much. I have to go to that one. Can knowing some kitsche save your life and make you rich? And then in brackets, probably not, but why take chances? I love it. <laughs> it's a great it. talk Such title. a funny guy. What is so kitsche? I think it's the word in the language for Quechua. Mm. I think. I could be wrong, but ah. I think that's what it is. And Quechua oh. is American, right? No, in, in Quechua is in Peru. It's in area. Peru. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so hard to pick three. Well, I'm going to head on to the the, the um, introductions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've just spotted one though. Way of the Peaceful Bookworm: How to Read and Read and Read and Learn Some Languages. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Love it. Head to that one. I always love the ones from Brian Brian Lu Brian mm-hmm. Lu Soon Hua. It says here, an introduction to Nootka, a highly endangered Canadian language. That's a, that's a that straightaway one. winner. And final one in terms of introduction is Bienvenue chez le Stis. I think that's how you say it, um, which is a talk about a variety of French, which they've described it as a patois um, in the north of France, in oh. near Calais. And there's a film that people were telling me about. Some of the, the teachers when I was working in France were telling me about this film, Bienvenue chez le Stis. Which looks hilarious. So yeah, I'd like to to go to that talk too. Love it. Oh my God, yeah. And then there's um, Danny Meitzner who talks about language certificates. But the talk is called Mit Sprachzertifikaten auf zum nächsten Level Motivation für das nächste Sprachprojekt. So she's talking in German. But I might I might well attend her talk because it sounds really good. So that's oh, about doing exams to motivate yourself. Also, the Sti talk yeah. at the same time as gender pronouns in languages that go to lgbti polyglots and their allies that sounds pretty interesting as well and we have got a past episode sort of around this topic and i think mm. it's called something about identity in language learning would be around episode sort of 19 i'm going to put it in the show notes so if you want a primer for that one that might be really interesting it was about they and them etc and we we did have a they lady they no well a they person not lady, not man. They a, 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 a gender queer person, I think, on the show. Do you remember that? Yeah, really, really interesting episode, and and I think it's a really 
relevant topic right now. I think mm. it's it's very very important to be to be discussed. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, now we are on. We're on fifty minutes. So in five minutes, Lindsay. <laughs> Yeah. Tell us about the Uber Moon. I think we'll we'll do a preview okay. to Langfest as closer to the date. I can do this in less than five minutes. Go, go, go. Time me. Here we go. So, 11th of August. Yeah. Me and Ashley, we're heading off to New York, right? Then from New York, we're heading on to Montreal for Langfest. So, it kind of begins a little bit before Langfest. Um, and then from there, we fly out to Cuba and then fly across to Mexico and then overland Central America. A little hop between... Panama and Colombia, because it's very dangerous and you can't really do that journey on a plane. And then down, hopefully, Ecuador with the Galapagos Islands, because it just makes me want to cry. I can't not go there. And then um, Peru and my geography is failing me. Peru, Bolivia and um, Paraguay, where Guarani is spoken. And then we'll see kind of that's the that's the core plan. But along the way, the, the really cool thing that's happening is that we'll be making um, some short language documentaries and also a podcast as we go, mm-hmm. kind of talking about different interesting aspects about the places we go. So, for example, in New York, most multilingual city in the world, what a place to start, right? Montreal, we're talking about bilingualism and then obviously things like Guarani when we get further down. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's not just a uh, jolly, holly, holly jolly for a year. Do, 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 do. No, it's going to be... <laughs> Some pretty pretty hardcore work going on at the same time. Yeah. Oh well, you're you're allowed you're allowed to have a bit of fun. But I think oh, of it's course. it's yeah, really fun. Have you bring us the podcast? So I'm looking forward. Do you, do you know what it's going to be called yet? I have a name, but I'm not going to say it just yet. Ah, you're a concealer. I'm a concealer. She's a concealer. Okay. Well, we're gonna when the name comes out, I'm sure I'm sure Lindsay will be will give us a, a press exclusive. <laughs> and we'll be the first to share it on the Creative Language Learning Podcast. Woohoo! Woohoo! Cannot wait. So, yeah, and like Lindsay mentioned, there is Langfest in Canada coming up. So in one of the future episodes, we'll have a little look forward to that. But for now, I think this has been a really interesting and really wonderful catch-up. So we'd love to hear what you guys have been up to between last... When did you get married? August? No, October. October. Oops. Between last last October and now, which is sort of um, the few weeks before the polyglot gathering in Bratislava, we'd love to hear just like what you've been up to, which which languages are you learning? What are you up to at the moment? And tell us, you know, write in. Usually you can write me an email to kirsten at fluentlanguage.co.uk. You can leave your comments as you subscribe and review the show because we still need the subscriptions and reviews that hasn't gone away, unfortunately. Or you can just leave a comment on the blog article at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash podcast. And with that, I think I'm we're back on the horse. Back on the horse. Back on the horse. <laughs> and it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from Lindsay Williams. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to leave us a rating in iTunes and also to subscribe. And please get in touch and tell us what you thought of the episode and our topics. On Twitter, we are at LD Languages and at Fluent Language, so we're easy to find. Or you can send me an email to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk.